Welcome to the World According to Christy podcast. This show will motivate you, inspire you, and give you tools to activate your goals and dreams, whether those dreams are entrepreneurial, corporate, or personal. Hello, and welcome to the World According to Christy podcast. I'm Christy Demetrakis, your host author of Faith to Conquer Fear, Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams, and Amazon bestseller, Faith to Conquer Fear, The Journey. As always, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. And if you've been following me for any amount of time, you know that I like to mix it up. So sometimes you'll hear from me pontificating. Sometimes you'll hear from some of what I call my old friends from my vintage Faith to Conquer Fear and Sell Your Message radio shows. And then sometimes I have my new friends. And today I have a new friend that I'm going to introduce to you. Her name is Kim Langling. And let me tell you a little bit about Kim. Kim, with over 20 years in sales and marketing, Kim has decided to focus on her writing and collaborative book projects full time. So you know what that means. She's got a lot of books coming. She is a multi-published author, freelance writer, and an active speaker across many global organizations. With empathy and emotion, she has been writing since 2004, showcasing her faith, nature, love of rescue animals, and living with PTSD. She showcases her writing through her business and her website. Kim is a Revival Sanctuary Ambassador, a co-author in Revival, Women Embracing Their Superpowers, and Singled Out, the Corporate Pandemic, as well as a collaborative partner across many of the Revival Sanctuary projects. Don't worry, we're gonna find out what Revival Sanctuary is in a minute. She is the lead author and coordinator of a collaborative three book anthology series titled When Grace Found Me with volume one released in December of 2020 and is the sole author of Imperfect Masterpiece to be released in 2021. Kim, welcome to the World According to Christy podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a true pleasure. Wonderful. I'm glad to have you. So before I get started, I always do this. Hey, tell us something about you that wasn't in your bio. Well, I am from Pennsylvania. I am a mother of one daughter who is 30, soon to be 31. That makes me feel old. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm very proud of her. She just bought her first house all on her own. So, you know, some, I did something right because she's doing very, very well for herself. And I am uh, a dog mom to a rescue dog named Dexter. And I've had him for two years and he's just a big old goofball and I love him dearly and he fits in my goofy house just perfectly. Now, what type of dog is Dexter? I'm a dog lover. He is a Belgian Malinois Mastiff mix. I got him from uh, Humane Society. Wow, so he's a big boy. He is a big boy. Uh-huh. Once you said Mastiff, I went, oh my goodness. I remember, Kim, when I used to, my first corporate job was with Ralston Purina Pet Food Company. Oh. And I remember having this huge, what they call Purina Dogs of the World. There's this poster that was literally just above my desk. And my husband and I had been married for about a year and I was starting to get that itch. And I was like, oh no, it's too early to have kids. What can we not kill? <laughs> getting a dog but I remember picking the type of dog that we actually got from this Purina Dogs of the World poster but I remember my husband calling me from work one day because he was working in retail and he said somebody has mastiff puppies do you want one and I went oh please and I'm looking at 
this chart that I saw massive. I was like, uh, no, no, we don't want, we don't want that one, honey. It's huge. It's like, it's huge. And so that, that's our little massive story, but <laughs> we, he would have brought it home. And I said, yes, yeah. so I'm thank God for that Purina dogs of the world poster. Cause all I knew was we wanted a, a dog right? Ooh, mm -mm, saved by the poster. But anyway. <laughs> what else, what else about you that you want? Um, I have a Harley, uh, a Harley trike. So I like to ride my motorcycle and get out there in the wind and uh, being in nature is huge to me because that's where I feel like I can breathe. So my dog and I take at least three walks a day. Um, and it's just, that's where I pray and where I, I just take deep breaths and, you know, it soothes my soul to be mm -hmm. outside. So I'm outside as often as I can be and uh, just love it. And let's see what else. I recently um, left corporate. I was in corporate for you briefly mentioned for many, many years. And just in uh, the beginning of November, due to health issues, actually, I had to take a, a medical leave and then decided to just stay home and focus on my writing because I was feeling very strongly nudged, very mm -hmm. strongly nudged by God that I'm supposed to be doing this and getting more stories out there because there's an awful lot of people out there who need to read them and I don't know who they are, but God's going to place the words in front of the exact person that it needs to be put in front of. That is so true. That is so true. Well, I want to talk about your writing and, and what you've been working on, but I promised folks that we would find out what this Revival Sanctuary ambassador is. So tell me about that. Revival Sanctuary is actually, it's a um, small, it's women in small business and solopreneurs, entrepreneurs. It's a global community based out of London, England, actually. It was founded by Sharon Brown three years ago, two years ago. And I just came upon it at the beginning of this year um, and reached out and said, hey, do you accept you know, people from the United States? And the thing about it is, since I've joined, I've been, in, I've been a co-author in two books. I've been on the cover of a magazine. I've had two articles published in a global magazine. And it's all collaboration over competition. It is an amazing group of women. I have made tremendous, and I don't even like to call it connections. I've made friendships, true mm -hmm. friendships. And it's a true global community. And it's it's unlike a, any other type of, and I don't like to say network group either. It's, it's unlike any other group that I've ever been a part of. And in, in the this year, just being part of it, I'm now on the leadership team for it. And, you know, talking to other ladies from the United States saying, hey, you got to join this group. This is just, it's an amazing group. It truly is. It's, you know, we get that feeling that you get when you're like, I found my people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting here listening to you going, I need to find some people. <laughs> found my people. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's, it's been, it's been amazing. And there's so many, so many cool things coming up uh, in this, in this new year that's, you know, right on top of us, just about she's con Sharon Brown, the founders continually. She's a true visionary. She really is. She just comes up with all these things and it's all collaborative. She just, she's like, Hey, I have another opportunity for you ladies hop on board if you want to. Mm -hmm. And That's I think how, how it should be collaboration. Over I, love it. I love it. You know what? And that's, I'm so glad you said that because that is the thing that people struggle with, especially small business owners 
and women, corporate America teaches us to be competitive, right? It just teaches us, and everybody's not in corporate America, but I think the thing that we have to, to be mindful of is that there's enough to go around. And when we, when we let go of that idea that it's me or you, it's either or, I think it frees us up, right? It frees us up for the collaboration that you just talked about and, and everybody just getting more. And it's not even about getting more because here's what I tell people, you know, because I, I teach public speaking training. And what I always tell people is don't try to be just like somebody else, right? It's great to admire and all those kinds of things. It's, it's, it's great to do that, but it's, it's really not about that because your message, if I, if I wrote a speech and I gave it to you, Kim, and I had the speech and I gave it to one other person and we all delivered the exact same words, it's not going to land the same way on the same audience. Somebody's, somebody in that audience is going to be attracted to the way you said it or something about you is going to be more appealing to that person. Same here for me and you know whoever else I gave it to. And so there's enough to go around. So that, I, that is exactly why that organization is so successful because it's, that's the right focus. It is. It's, it's been amazing. And I, I'm, it's interesting that you said that you teach public speaking because one of the new programs coming up next year, it's called the Speakers Index. Oh. It's, all, it's all about public speaking. So I'm going to talk, have to talk to you a little bit after this about that. <laughs> I'm open. I'm open. Let's talk. Let's talk. Well, let's shift gears. Let's talk about your writing because you've moved from corporate America and you're doing this thing full time. So yeah, that was a that was a that was a jump. My uh, my phrase that I that I came up with for myself when this whole pandemic and this craziness started in this this year um, was let fear bounce. Mm -hmm. And then you know I had all these I had uh, medical issues and different things come up um, in late October and November, and I'm like you know I'm tossing it up to God. And I'm letting fear bounce because there's no, you can't worry and trust at the same time. And so I thought, well, I, now, now is the perfect time to focus on my books, focus on my writing and just get rid of all that extra stuff that was always swirling and stressful every day, having to get up and rush here and rush there. And it's been an amazing difference for me. Um, just mentally and you know it's like within my soul I feel mm -hmm. I feel calmer and I can just I sit down my dog has a chair in my office <laughs> so I call him he's now my office manager yes. that's what I call him, my office manager and I just sit and write coming in from a walk you know and I just grab, grab my coffee sit down in front of the computer and so often now the words just flow and it mm. feels comfortable and and I know where they're coming from now before it was kind of like I had to work at it because it was late at night because I'd worked all day and I was tired and now now it's, it's just coming so much different now and it's a whole different feel for me in my heart and I, I I know this is where I'm supposed to be now are there worries sure but I can't let that stop me mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So what are you, what do you write about? I read a couple of your titles, but what is it inside you that's, that you feel compelled to share with people? A lot of what I write about, there's two things really. One is um, nature and how, how soothing it is 
and how it teaches us things when you don't even realize it because so many don't take the time to notice like a dewdrop hanging off the tip of a blade of grass in the morning mm -hmm. and or a bee buzzing around a flower how it lands and if you look real close what an amazing an amazing little creature that is and how perfectly perfectly made it is or the way a breeze just kind of comes across your skin as a whisper people don't pay attention to that mm -hmm. and if they did more of that just plunk yourself down in the middle of a field and sit and just be you will be amazed at what just kind of flows over you and into you if you open up your heart and it took me so long so many years to do that because I had my walls firmly firmly intact and when you have those really strong walls nothing can get out but nothing can get in either and it took, you know, it took me falling to my knees one day, mm -hmm. you know, hitting the bottom of the barrel. And that's when, you know, there was a shift in my life. So nature to me is huge for me. So that's, I write a lot about that. I write stories, you know, about, you know, flowers and critters. I have conversations with the critters, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, just things like that. And uh, the other topic that, um, is is very close to me is post-traumatic stress yeah. um, i'm a veteran and i do live with uh, ptsd due to um, um you know it's still hard to say after all these years military sexual assault okay. um so when i was young you know this is quite a while ago and i'm gonna age myself again but i was 18 and i was a solid uh sexually assaulted by two men um in the military while you were in the military yes my military okay yes and you know i look back now and i often think what could i tell my 18 year old self as i'll freely admit i'm 52 i'm soon to be 53. Mm -hmm. so that's a lot of years to carry that um and it's not something that goes away you learn how to deal with it in a healthy way and to carry it in a healthy way because PTSD, it's not something you ask for, but when you have it and you freely admit it and you're honest about it, it becomes a part of you. That experience is a part of your life. You can't erase it no matter how hard you try because believe me, I tried, mm -hmm. but all that does is add extra weight on you and like I said earlier, at some point, and this was like 15 years after, after that incident, so many other things are going on in my life and those doors are going to crash open and they're going to bring you to your knees, all that stuff, just whooshing at you and all those memories and sleepless nights and nightmares and flashbacks. And then you realize, you know, wow, I have to do something. Yeah. And I didn't, I told myself, I didn't believe in God, but I disliked him. So how could I dislike someone I didn't believe, you don't believe in? Mm. And uh, I remember when I fell to my knees and it literally, it, this was literally a falling to my knees, full body sobs, the, you know, the ugly cry, yep. ugly crying. And uh, 
the only words I was saying was, please, God, please. So I was crying out to a God I had told myself I don't believe in. Mm. And I felt a whisper. And I explain it this way all the time because it's exactly what it was. This little, it was a gentle whisper from behind. But those who hope in the Lord will soar on wings like eagles. Mm. And I remember thinking, I remember I didn't go to church, didn't believe in God. Um, My first thought was, where did that come from? And I literally did this, look behind me. And I'm like, where did that come from? And my first thought was, those words sound kind of Bible-ish. <laughs> and I'm thinking, maybe I have a Bible in the house. Because I didn't go to church. Mm-hmm. I didn't like God. Mm-hmm. So I literally started, I, I became somewhat frantic and was running through the house looking for a Bible. I'm like, we've got to have a Bible somewhere. Finally found one, went back into the living room, sat on the floor. And I opened it up and I'm going, I have no idea how to find anything in here. Isn't there an index or a table of contents? And I was so frantic and got so frustrated. I just took the Bible and threw it on the floor Mm -hmm. and it slid a little bit away from me. And I remember leaning down with my hands on my knees, still saying, please, God, please. Cause I'm still crying. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's all the swirls going on. Mm -hmm. And I felt that little whisper again. And it, I will never forget it because I, I, I felt it. And I get goosebumps just thinking about it because that's that's listening to you say, talk about it. The time you never forget, you know, and I, I'm leaning down and I'm crying and, you know, I see the Bible that I had tossed and it was just there. So I just reached forward a little bit and slid it towards me and looked down because it had flapped open. And the very first thing, it was like the words just jumped was, but those who hope in the Lord. Oh my God. You're on wings like eagles. And how could you? (laughs) I knew then that God was with the mess that I was. And that was, did I turn into this, you know, blazing Christian at that moment? No. I was stubborn, very stubborn, and um, still am. Pardon me. It's okay. Um, very stubborn, but that was a turning point. That was a that was a turning point for me, and uh, that was 12 years ago. And now I go to church every Sunday, and I sing on the worship team, and uh, the pastor and his wife are my best friends. Mm-hmm. I have have an amazing church family, but it took that. I had to go through that. And I look back now from the time I'm 18 to now, you don't wish anything like that ever to happen on someone to someone. But if that hadn't happened, I couldn't share my story to help others who might be sitting in that same darkness. Mm-hmm. that I sat in for so long when I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. But God has his plan. And I had to go through that struggle. And they're, they're, I tell people, you know, when they feel so down and, and you're, you're in that dark spot and, you, you know, you just can't see out, you can't see past that bubble. I tell them, you know, there is strength 
in the struggle, there is tremendous strength in working through the storm. Mm. And you can do it. Mm -hmm. Look up. There's a pinprick of light, even if it's just a pinprick. Look up, cry out, reach out, whatever you have to do. But it is out there. It is out there. You don't have to, you don't have to be in the darkness anymore. So how did you make, okay, so I, I yeah, 15 years of Hades, we'll call it. And then in the last 12 years, clearly you've made a transformation. So from the time when you were on your knees, please, God, please, to gosh, call it even a couple of years later. And I know you said, did I turn into a raging Christian? No, right? Because that's what people think, oh, we had this, you know, this transformational moment and whoo, now I'm, you know, TD Jakes. No, it's a journey. But what was your journey like? So how did you get to the place from getting up off that floor to now you're in the praise team and you're, you found a great church home? Give me some of the, the steps, some, some parts of that journey. I have, I started going to church um, and I, I really didn't want to, but mm -hmm. I made myself and my daughter was young, very young at that time. And I took her with me. I walked into church with a chip on my shoulder and I would leave with a chip on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And I did that for quite a while. And I remember one Sunday in particular, it felt like the pastor was talking directly to me, but I didn't want it. I didn't want to hear it. Looking back now, I know it's because I felt convicted. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I'm just thinking, who is this guy up there spouting about Jesus this, Jesus that? I was angry. Mm -hmm. And I would walk in angry and leave angry. And I did that for quite <laughs> I did that for quite a while. And then uh, our little church, it was 150 years old, little Baptist church burned down to the ground one night mm. and we started having church services in the high school gymnasium so they would have one service and it would be packed and the gymnasium you know you can get a couple hundred people in there so one easter this was probably two years later i would say uh my daughter and i we get all dressed up on our easter finery go to school for church services and you're in fold out chairs and everything and we're sitting there, it's packed. They had a drama. And then the pastor towards the end said, you know, let's pray. And he's closing everything out in prayer. <clears throat> he's sitting on the stage, you know, leaning down and praying. And I'm holding my daughter's hand and a gentleman on the other side of me, which I, I had no idea who he was, just some guy sitting there. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're holding hands and we're praying, or the pastor's praying. And I'm looking down you know, just got my head bowed and all of a sudden I noticed that there are tears just dropping off my face, mm -hmm. landed on my lap. I can see them making dark spots on my skirt, you know, and I'm, I literally was going, am I crying? <laughs> <laughs> I can so yes. see this. I can so see this. Yes. You know, and I'm like, what, what am I crying for? And mm -hmm. then this, this whole, like, that's and I just I just you know it looks weird me doing that but that's what it felt like it was like this major and it wasn't a soft whisper this was mm -hmm. 
through my soul. <laughs> and I remember looking towards my daughter and I said, sweetie, do you feel that? And her eyes, she's just looking at me going. And I turned to the gentleman beside me and he had a cast on his arm. So the only thing I was holding on to was his pinky like this. And I remember, you know, yanking on his pinky and turning and looking at him. And I said, do you feel that? Because it was so, what's the word, visceral? I don't, it was just so there, you know, and I'm thinking this can't, it can't just be happening to me. And I looked at the gentleman, I said, do you, do you feel that? And he had the brightest ice blue eyes. This is what I remember, because I still don't know who this guy is. He had the brightest ice blue eyes. And he just looked at me with this massive smile on his face. And he just said really loudly, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. He didn't answer my question. He just said, praise Jesus. And I remember looking back up and the pastor is still praying. I don't remember anything that he prayed. I don't, all I remember is that tremendous whoosh, but it was, it was as if something was letting go and then something was coming around and giving me a hug. You, so many people don't experience stuff like that. And for whatever reason, he wanted me to experience it. Mm. Or maybe that was the only way he could get my attention was to be really real about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, those two moments, from being on my knees and then a couple years later being in church that from that moment that easter sunday was when i was more open to hearing the pastor and i wasn't walking in with such a big chip on my shoulder mm -hmm. and when i would leave church it got a little bit lighter each sunday and then um as time went on i, re I remember sitting and listening to the pastor and we were very blessed to have the same pastor for 27 years. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing man. And I remember when I decided to get baptized and become a member. And I had to share my testimony with the, the deacons. That was really hard. That was stepping so far out of my boat. Stepping so far out of the boat. And I remember when I was finished doing that, because that was the first time I'd ever done that. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I finished, I thanked the pastor because I said, you know, for as stubborn as I am, and probably will still be in the future, <laughs> I go, you provided something to me that was an offering. It was nothing that was shoved at me or thrown at me or saying, you've got to do this, or and you weren't pounding me on the head with the Bible. You offered it, and it was my option take it or not mm. and God used him in a mighty way in a mighty way to get through to this stubborn one <laughs> wow what an amazing amazing story and so um as we as we get ready to wrap up gosh because I cannot believe your story has been fascinating I could keep talking to you um this is fantastic I want to talk about your your three book series when grace found me because I'm sure some of this must be in that book. <laughs> I feel like it should be. If it's not, it should be. But tell, me, tell us a about very, a very shortened version 
of that is is in because I, I do have a chapter and it's a it's a collaborative book project of 20 women from around the world and I literally today literally just got my proof copy oh I love it congratulations yeah Yay. so very exciting stuff very I was I got this and just stood there going oh thank you god um but in August I was sitting on my back porch mm -hmm. and I was just having a tough day just one of those days and the year's been weird, you know, so I was stuck at home and I was just watching my dog romp around the backyard, chasing a bunny, you know, and the sun was glinting off the leaves and just one of those amazing summer days where you're just so thankful of, for everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I started feeling this nudge because I'm thinking what, you know, what am I going to do? What do I want to, what do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> you know? We all ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I, I, I had this nudge from God and just kept saying, you've got to share your words. You got to share your words. And I'm thinking, but I do. You share my words. And then this was almost audible. It wasn't something I felt in my heart. This was literally i heard it and it i actually kind of got kind of scared for a second mm -hmm. it said god is on the move share your words mm -hmm. god is on the move and i'm sitting there and i grabbed on because i have a rocking chair in my back deck and i grabbed onto the my you know the armrest and i'm going oh my goodness oh my goodness and i was so <laughs> overwhelmed because i'm going why why do you do this to me uh -huh. <laughs> Give a girl some warning. <laughs> I love it. So I was, you know, and for that, the rest of that day, I'm going, well, what exactly is it that he wants me to do? What am I, what am I supposed to do? And why is, why am I hearing him now? You know? And uh, then I'm like, all of a sudden, but like, I think I'm supposed to reach out to a whole bunch of women that I don't even know and ask them to share their really personal stories. <laughs> And so I did. Mm. And in less than a week, I had 20 women for volume one. Wow. In two weeks, I had enough for two volumes. And I went, okay, God, so I'm supposed to do two books. And then less than a month later, I had over 40 women from around the globe. And I'm going, I'm supposed to do three books. So now it's going to be a three book series. Wow. And this first one, I know, I know. And I'm thinking, what you know, why did why are you choosing me to do this? Because I feel like the least qualified person to do it. That's that whole self-doubt thing. Yeah. That's why. That's why. And it's the demon. people in the Bible. Yeah. Where they Moses was not ready. <laughs> okay. Moses was not ready. <laughs> he was called anyway. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, Kim, just fascinating, fascinating story. Congratulations on the new book and the books to come. I, I can't wait to get my hands on it. So you just tell me, tell, tell people where to get your books, this book and future books, and then tell people how to contact you. They can contact me um, by, you can go onto my website, which is kimlanglingauthor.com. And uh, my email is just langlingauthor at gmail.com. This book here, um, 
this is literally my proof copy. So we're hoping in a day or two, it'll be approved and it'll be available on Amazon. And it's called When Grace Found Me and um, Kim Langling as the lead author. So you can find it that way. I don't have the link because it's not, it's Amazon's doing its approval thing. So I'm hoping in a day or two, I will have the link that I can share that with all and sundry. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that's the first volume. And then volume, volume two and volume three will be coming up in 2021. Exciting, exciting. Well, Kim, thank you again for being my very special guest on the World According to Christy podcast. And thank you all for listening. Uh, I will be here next week. I'm doing what I love. Be sure to subscribe and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the World According to Christy podcast. Remember to subscribe to ensure you receive updates on upcoming episodes. Check out free resources to help you increase your faith, increase your confidence, and conquer your fears at faithtoconquerfear.com.